I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Maryland in the United States. He currently works as a cloud solution architect at Applied Information Sciences, or AIS. He was first awarded as MVP in 2017. He's a co-author of a book, PowerShell for Office 365. And this is an interesting one. He is a recipient of the Antarctic Service Medal for the United States of America, was our outstanding service to Antarctica. Well, I'm going to unpack that one for sure. You can find links to his bio, um, uh, his social media connections, etc., in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Prashant. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. Good to have you on. First of all, before we jump into getting into your background, tell us about Antarctica. All right. Uh, so... I got, I was fortunate enough uh, to get an opportunity to work there. That was uh, back in 2008 uh, when I was studying at uh, University of Maryland College Park. And I was uh, working there as a research assistant. And I got an opportunity to go there and conduct a research for uh, one and a half months. And because of my travel there, like Antarctica is a big continent and U.S. government has a lot of uh, stations there. And one of the biggest station is called McMurdo Station. And that station is on the side of uh, New Zealand. So to travel there, first I had to go to New Zealand uh, at Christchurch. Uh, there is a big uh, facility there where they provide you the clothing. Uh, and from there, you take a special uh, military flight. Uh, that is like an eight-hour flight from Christchurch to McMurdo Station. Uh, and, and the station has... Typically, 1,000 people during the summertime. And Antarctic summer is uh, same as Australia or New Zealand, uh, at, at least in the McMurdo Station. Like that time is typically from November to February. Uh, and I got a chance to go there. Like I, I landed there in November, mid-November, and stayed there till uh, almost uh, end of December. Wow, that that is amazing. You're the first person I've got to say. I know of people that are planning on traveling and doing like sailing down there or going fire ship um, from Argentina. But the fact that you've been to New Zealand, where I'm from, and uh, and and that you've done that, what what was it like? What's the most memorable part of being there? So the most memorable part was uh, just being there and landed on Antarctic continent, uh, like. If you know, like Antarctic continent is a really big continent and pretty much everywhere it's uh, ice and it is classified as a desert. Uh, like we have two kinds of desert. One is the one where we have a lot of sand, like you find that in Arizona or in Middle East. 
and the second type is like you just have ice all over. Uh, so Antarctic continent falls into that. And my biggest or the most uh, treasure memory from there is seeing uh, the wild seals, like sleeping on the ice, like carefree, uh, because seals don't have any natural predators uh, in the Antarctic continent. They are kind of top predators there. So they kind of like, you know, relax a bit. It's just like the kind of things you see in uh, Africa where, you know, lions are the king of jungle. Same is like uh, the leopard seal are like a king, king, like a king there. And you can hear them snoring from almost a mile and a half. They snore very, very loudly. Unfortunately, I couldn't see the penguins there uh, because to see penguins, you had to stay till uh, January. But I did get a chance to see penguin uh, in Christchurch uh, in my return journey. Uh, like there is a nice facility where you can see uh, the uh, the penguins. It is, I think, near the Christchurch airport, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool. That's so cool. And what a unique and unique experience that you have. Before we before we unpack your IT um, experience and journey and and ultimately becoming an MVP, tell us about food, family, and fun. Um, how long have you lived where you lived? What, you know, tell us a bit about the things that you do when you're not doing IT stuff. So I was born and raised in India, and I did my uh, undergraduate or bachelor's degree in India in electronics engineering. And after that, I worked uh, for a couple of years in India uh, for IBM and for HSBC Bank. And then I always wanted to study in USA. And in 2007, I came to the United States to do the master's in computer engineering. And till that time, uh, most of my experience or work has been with uh, IBM's uh, mainframe system or with low-level programming using device drivers and C++. And after I graduated in 2009, uh, I just appeared for, and by the way, that time it was uh, like a recession was going on uh, in the United States. And I was fortunate enough to get a job uh, in a firm called Porto Solutions. And uh, they were known for doing a lot of SharePoint work. And that was my the first interaction with SharePoint like back in 2009. Uh, and then I worked there for almost uh, 11 years. And while working there, I got married. Uh, my wife is also from India. I got married in 2012. Uh, we had a kid uh, in uh, 2018. Uh, he is like four years old. That's why I was making sure uh, my door is locked because he's inside the house and I want to make sure, you know, uh, we can talk uh, uninterruptedly. Uh, in terms of the food, uh, I like variety of the foods, uh, but my personal favorite uh, non-Indian food is a Mexican food. I like a Mexican food a lot. Uh, because they have a lot of uh, varieties of uh, cheese uh, and vegetables, uh, and plus the tortilla that you can you can have, uh, and I really like that. Nice, nice. What about your favorite Indian food? Uh, my favorite uh, Indian food is uh, it's a homemade food, uh, and you'll be surprised. It's just like uh, lentil dal uh, and uh, some bread with it, or we call it a chapati. I really like that. Oh wow! So so interesting, and so interesting. Your you know your experience coming from uh, India to the US and the companies you work for, um, and yeah, I, ha- I had no idea that you work for IBM, which who I currently work for. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so very interesting. Tell me about <clears throat> tell me about um, you know getting into SharePoint and and particularly the transition over the last uh, few years from SharePoint into things like the Power Platform 
and and particularly power apps and power automate and things like that. How have things changed um, in you know in what you've observed over that time? Okay, so when I started working with SharePoint, uh, it was back in two thousand nine. And my first version of SharePoint at that time was 2007 or MOS that I used to call. And uh, then I started working on SharePoint 2010. Until that time, you know, a lot of enterprises or a lot of companies were looking at SharePoint as a kind of silver bullet uh, that will solve all our organization problem. Like if someone has to build anything, whether it's a public facing website or internal application, everyone is just thinking, okay, let's use SharePoint and see if we can do that with SharePoint. Or let's... Uh, make SharePoint not look like SharePoint, but still use like it's behind the scene capabilities. And that sort of kind of started changing uh, ever since Microsoft uh, made a push to SharePoint Online or Office 65 that, that used to call that time. It was like around 2014, 2015. We started getting some customers who were more interested in exploring the cloud. And then uh, came the year 2018, 2019, where... Uh, Microsoft had to make a decision what to do with all these info platforms and you know, old SharePoint designer workflows. And that sort of time, they made announcement about, like, I think it was 2016, they made announcement about uh, Power Apps and Power Automate. And I started uh, slowly exploring that and then started getting a lot of engagements where clients were interested. Okay, we are moving to the cloud, uh, but while moving to the cloud, we want to make sure we use the latest and greatest technology uh, for forms and workflows. And during that time, I also started working with some of the ISVs uh, because some of the capabilities with Power Platform were not there yet. And there was a big gap. And a couple of ISVs, like big known ISVs, uh, they uh, they had a good product, compelling product at that time. So give us some examples of those ISVs. Uh, like Nintex uh, and K2. Now they both have joined the forces, uh, but Nintex and K2s, they had a really good solution at that time uh, because... Then the alternatives such as uh, Power Platform uh, was not matured that enough uh, during that time. So, so that's that's interesting that you brought up both K two and Nintex. Tell us, you know, what you know now. Is there the demand for Nintex and K two like there used to be five years ago? Uh, I don't think so, uh, and that's the reason uh, that you say like uh, if like I worked on both K two and Nintex. Those were like, great products uh, for their time. But if you look at their marketing messaging now or the kind of focus they have, uh, they are shifting away from form, their traditional forms and workflow business and going more into the other areas like the RPA or uh, business process management uh, and uh, other areas of that uh, because they know it's going to be tough for them to compete with Microsoft Power Platform. So they, are, they kind of know and then that's why they're starting venturing into other areas. So, you know, you talk about RPA then as part of that their venture path, but of course Microsoft is is covering RPA solidly. Um, but then you did talk about BPM as well, business process uh, management. Um, do you see there's a gap in in what we have with Flow and, and Power Automate uh, for a BPM technology? Uh, definitely there is a gap uh, because if you look at Flow, uh, and if you look at, uh, let's say you can look at Power Platform, uh, Power Automate, the entire suite, the cloud flows as well as desktop flows, those are built for mostly backend uh, automation. Uh, but if you look at like a holistic business process management uh, system, which you can ha- use to, let's say, not only create the backend automation, but uh, you create, uh, let's say, diagrams like visuals 
uh, or you can uh, which can help you to understand okay what's going on where i think those are capabilities still not there yet uh, maybe eventually uh, microsoft will add those but i don't think like right now if you look at the roadmap most of the focus is on getting the automation out of the door like adding more and more capabilities where you use power automate as a single product and it doesn't matter where your data lives you can just pretty much connect that to uh, all the commonly used uh, third party products or microsoft ecosystem or you can also connect to your legacy on premise system as well uh, via custom connectors so that story is really well back i think uh, maybe in couple of years we'll see more and more focus on on business process management side of it interesting have you looked at agile xrm uh, not yet you haven't looked at that. So that's an ISV solution I came across about 10 years ago, and that was doing the BPM, but totally built on the Dataverse. Um, and, of course, pre-Dataverse, it was built on Microsoft's technology prior to that. But, um, yeah, very interesting. Comes out of Spain and um, and uh, seen it used in a lot of, like, in financial institutions that want a BPM tool to 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 work with um, Power Automate as part of that story. And uh, and they have that whole visualizer elements that you talked about. So interesting, interesting there, as in you're the first person I've talked to and had a conversation about K2 and Nintex. And, you know, I've seen their journey because, you know, my career in Dynamics, they were there and they're very strong in that SharePoint. And I wondered what was happening now, being that Microsoft has built so much of that functionality into the platform. Very interesting. Tell me about <clears throat> um, what do you, when you look at the future, where, where do you see things going from uh, the Microsoft Power Platform perspective? Maybe based on your observations, where do you see things going? What do you see the opportunity is for other people? Like if, if they were going to switch careers, get into the space, where, what, what advice would you give them? So, okay, I will answer the first question, which is where things are going. I think uh, you'll see more and more push from Microsoft and more and more offerings where how you can connect Microsoft three public clouds, uh, let's say Power Platform, Microsoft 365, and Azure, and build enterprise application. Like if you see uh, some of the recent announcement regarding licensing as well, they're trying to combine the Azure licensing with Power Platform so that you as a company doesn't have to worry about, okay, whether it's Power Platform or Microsoft 64 Azure, you just have to focus on, okay, What's the business problem I have and how I can solve using all the stacks that are available to me in the Microsoft ecosystem. I think future is like more or, more or less the things are going there, uh, but it will take some time. Uh, but I think the work has already been uh, started on that. Now, another thing that another trend that I'm seeing a lot these days is the fusion development where so still now, like you always see that, okay, Either you have a group of developers who are building a really good application or you have a group of citizen developers or power users who are building a really sophisticated enterprise application. But as things getting complicated, uh, you'll say there is a lot of push where, okay, how can bring these two teams together? And instead of these two teams fighting together, how about we you know collaborate together and build a really sophisticated application where uh, citizen developers can, can focus more on uh, using something like Power Platform uh, and then pro developers can then integrate Power Platform using some Azure services uh, and, you know, build really meaningful applications. Like we are seeing a lot and lot uh, interest uh, in that one. Uh, in terms of giving someone the advice, now I will say it's like if someone is starting new today, 
I will mostly ask them, okay, what, where you would like to work, whether you would like to work in a product development space or whether you would like to work in, let's say, more in ISVs or uh, for, let's say, system integrators or more like enterprise space. If the answer is first, like they want to focus more on the product development, then I will recommend them, okay, maybe then uh, depending on what your role is, whether you would like to be a developer or product, product manager, you can decide for a developer, then you have to like, you know, go to like, pick any programming language of your choice and just master that. But if someone says, no, I want to focus more on the enterprise space, uh, then I will say like, okay, look at the SaaS products. Because if you see in the industry uh, trend, SaaS is kind of where most of the CIOs or CTOs are leaning towards. So pick any SaaS product of your choice. It can be Microsoft 65 or Power Platform and then start building your uh, expertise in that. And then you'll find more and more opportunities uh, aligning with your skills there. Yeah, I like it. I like it. This is very cool. Tell us, you know, as we as we go to wrap up, your MVP journey, how did that come about for you? And what has the impact been for you in becoming an MVP? I have always been a community person. Uh, when I was studying uh, engineering in India, uh, we used to organize a lot of community events within uh, the college itself, college campus itself. Like we used to invite, we used to invite uh, industry leaders for the guest lectures. Uh, we used to organize some court camps. And then I came to US, uh, and I kind of was away from the community for almost uh, ever since I came to US because I was studying and I, I was also doing working as a research assistant, like. It was really hard for me to find uh, the spare time. But in 2012, uh, my company actually sponsored uh, a SharePoint Saturday. Uh, they work on a similar lines, let's say, uh, as uh, SQL Saturdays or other Saturday events we have. And I was uh, at a booth and uh, I was also helping the organizers with running the event. And I kind of really like uh, that concept where, you know, you just come there and share whatever you know. And the audience used to be mostly friendly audience. And uh, and those events used to be free events. You just come in there, you know, eat free pizza, uh, you know, hang out with people and learn some cool stuff. And then after that, I started uh, contributing to SharePoint Saturdays. I started speaking. I also started organizing uh, the events. I started the user group. So I got my first MVP award in 2017. And when I started doing my community activities, a lot of people noticed me. And I got nominated by, I think, roughly two or three people that time. Uh, and during that time, uh, the MVPs used to get awarded every quarter. So I think I missed one quarter. So I got nominated somewhere in October, but already the deadline for the uh, January timeframe already passed. So I got uh, awarded in uh, April timeframe, April 2017. And then initially, uh, my category was uh, Office 65 apps and services, especially SharePoint. And then I got really interested in Microsoft Applied AI space, uh, started doing a lot of uh, work in that space, both in the company and also uh, started evangelizing that a lot uh, via user groups, uh, via conference talks. And in 2019, I changed my category to AI. And till now, uh, I'm still an AI MVP, uh, but apart from that, this year, I got additional category as a business application MVP as well. Uh, in terms of AI, like in terms of MVP journey, uh, I still organize a lot of uh, user group meetings. Uh, like we have a very strong community in Washington DC area, where I'm from. Uh, and before the pandemic, most of the user group meetings and conferences we used to organize used to be in-person conference. But ever since the pandemic has started, everything is virtual now. Uh, we're still looking to host our first uh, in-person conference 
or community conference, uh, I think, early next year. The venue we typically use is not available right now. Otherwise, we would have hosted in this quarter itself. And uh, in terms of biggest impact for me as an MVP is uh, the networking. Like I have made a lot of friends. I have made a lot of uh, really interesting people. I learned a lot from the fellow MVPs and other people who are not MVP but contributing a lot uh, in the community. And also, uh, being an MVP gives you the direct access to the Microsoft product group, uh, which is which is which is very very valuable. Especially now we live in a time where the technology changes like pretty much every week or every month, and sometimes you know there is not much information out there uh, in the internet because uh, you know the technology is so so new, uh, and then you have to rely on Microsoft product group to for the direction or just to find out. What's the optimum solution you can take uh, if, if this is a scenario for you? Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.